0: all. Snip, snip, it's all, cut this it's all out. getting cut. Allie, this is this is one of the circumstances keep in. where you cut. Keeping it. <laughs>
1: <in>. Allie? Allie? <laughs> no. there, <laughs> Allie, there was a in. lot of dead in
0: there.
2: There's a lot of
1: dead air in there. Keeping it. In. Every note of
0: our voice. No, no, Liz. The longer this bit goes on, the closer it gets to being a cold open. I
1: can't have that. Keep (laughs) it in. Keep (laughs) it in. Keep it in.
2: Sheet. Character sheet.
1: There Cable is. <laughs> <laughs> Real answer. S- Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm.
0: Nobody does. Whatever this plan is, it, it has been going on for a very long time. There are many places mentioned. Again, Shank Hill, one of them. We saw what happened in Shank Hill, hmm. or at least the results of it. No one. Was left.
2: What if there's just one murder, <laughs> and 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 we we it's it's a murder of someone who deserves a murder, and we use that to draw out the cleaver. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then Gable, I don't know if this is is this in your bag. Dref and I were talking about it er- earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you can you can you and <laughs> John just like claps his hand like you know. Can you, can you, the cleaver back in, into the book? Squish it into
1: the book? Yeah, do it. Well, it depends like, yeah. which way the cleaver is. It would be hard to or close it if it's up. fuck <laughs> him up a little bit. You oh, know. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I could fight a knife. I feel as if that is the, <laughs> my capabilities.
3: You do own uh, something considerably larger than a knife to fight with. So maybe you Knife-esque. have a size advantage at the very least. The captain smiles despite himself. Okay, so... As it happens, uh, the dinner that we were tarried away with for such a long time, sorry to keep you waiting, Jonette Kessler, was fruitful in the fact that Edith Truss was, and I managed to have her interested in a in a conversation, a personal conversation, um, she, she found a way to continue to climb the ladder in what she saw of me, or at least the me that I portrayed in that space. And that might be an instance where we have her alone, making the job easier. And so we're going to go after
1: Druss? <laughs> I think we should sleep on this. I think we should sleep on the idea of the murder. I Something must be done. Mm. And we there can are- have a further discussions amongst the crew as to the things to be done.
3: Of course.
0: I know there are two of us here, and one of us feels pretty pro-murder, but... <laughs> As a victim of murder myself, I think that maybe- Allegedly. We, hmm, <laughs> maybe we should investigate non-murder, again, with the god of murder spooking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just, it feels an ill-formed idea. We've got
1: one for and one against.
0: Real haunted, <laughs> real haunted right now.
1: Uh, undecided over here (laughs) john how are you on murder i i
2: i i'm I'm feeling a little i'm feeling a little like aware that i brought the cleaver out i let i let the cleaver go and i'm really itching to get it back and it feels like we roll up to places where people could be like you know you you know offable you know. Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: Do do not, not- be so hard on yourself, Jonat Kessler. Ultimately, I am the person that brought that cleaver aboard the Uhuru.
1: Hey, thanks. Thanks, Captain. I It's both of our fault. <laughs> and point to you, Jonat, is your the way that you feel bad about pr- opening up the cleaver to the general population, and do you feel in your mind as if the solution to that being murder could that also be because of the knife as well. The knife is making that solution seem bigger and better oh, to you because no. of the knife's involvement. Oh I <laughs>
2: impossible how does... to know. I was about to say like, is there a all right, we out of game. We're gonna move the story forward mm-hmm. in a second. I have one mm-hmm. more how does Jonet check if he is being influenced currently by the butcher, the cleaver?
0: Oh, mm. there's got to be okay, okay, folks. Mm -hmm. There is a test for this. It is a ritual Mm -hmm. where you take a deck of luminaries, uh, you take a bowl, uh, a white bowl, and you spread out the deck of luminaries in a ring around the bowl Mm -hmm. and you then prick yourself and drop a drop of blood into the center of the bowl and your blood will flow to whatever luminary you are closest to to being in the thrall of. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's neat. Wait,
2: I was, wait, 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 hang on. Again, out of game. Did you just come up with that? That's, fu- that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. All right, yeah, let's do mm. it. Um, I guess this is, I think at this point, Jonet is like, all right, well, we probably do need to like pump a little bit of brakes on this Let's take five. Let's gather ourselves. I'm gonna prick my finger. Gonna see which one I'm currently being possessed by, and we'll we'll join up in them in the morning. And so I think Jonnet finds his way to like a just like a a storage crate because he probably feels like he can't be in the captain's quarters. So while people are resting, he does this ritual just to see like where his head's at. And if he's being influenced,
3: can can I request that we do it then and there in the captain's quarters? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I, th- I think unless unless you specifically do not want Orimar to see, um, no, this is no, that's that makes the most sense. Mm. <laughs> he starts to
2: like go walk down the hallway to set things up, and then maybe like Orimar kind of taps him and like, eh, hey, we'll do it here. Mm. He's like, yeah, you're right, we'll do it here. He lays it out on the on the table and and pricks his finger.
0: All right. Oh. Oh. So I think, like, it takes a moment. You can see the blood kind of, like, swirling in the water. And, like, normally it would just kind of disperse itself, but it stays mostly collected in, like, uh, a little cloud, uh, as it were, and sort of lazily drifts and... It ends up in a spot that is between what? between the butcher and the island, oh, the no. two oh. worst luminaries oh, uh, that are in the deck. Really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, okay. Uh, is it is it like when all is said and done, and like the the <laughs> in my head, it's like a COVID test, like when both lines have shown up 15 minutes later, is it like a straight line?
0: I think this is a very faint line. Like, I, I feel like the degree to which it would be, if it was like right up on the edge of the dish, um, that would be like, oh, heavy thrall, like uh, heavy evidence that somebody is being influenced by a luminary. Mm. I think what this would indicate is these two luminaries are have either recently touched or have an interest in you Mm-mm. um uh more so than like you are under their their current influence all right well then
2: what's the what are the attributes of the island one more time
0: okay so the island imprisonment doom the cursed sea this is the luminary that is most deeply connected to the mariner mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. okay
1: that looks like it sucks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm picking that up. I'm picking mm. that up, Gable. Um,
1: Maybe we should all invest in the lumen of snoozing. Some Zs. Maybe that'll uh, wh- whoever that may be. And then we can come back to this. I need yeah. to check on Angelo. Feel bad. Mm. But I haven't done that.
3: A reasonable right, suggestion, Tom. Gable. How about the two of you go and get some rest? I have some, he glances around the room, tidying to do before I retire.
1: Uh, Gable acknowledges this and then looks at at uh, your hummingbird mm-hmm. principality and the dish of fruit <laughs> that it feeds on and just sort of like kind of reaches for an orange Slice, making direct eye contact with you to see if it's okay.
3: Uh, <laughs> I suppose you, you, you'd you want more permission from Principality than myself. Although, please do go to the kitchens and get yourself something to eat before you go to bed.
1: We have snacks. Gable looks at the bird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the- I feel like the bird glares back.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Fine, I'll go get a snack.
2: And Jonet kind of follows out back to his quarters, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep, but I'm gonna try to sleep. I'm gonna try.
1: You'll hey. That that doesn't mean anything that we didn't already know about <laughs> us. I mean,
0: yeah, like if you are to think of it, Jonet like it was not that long ago when you were in Dumignon and faced the Mariner in a vision. Yeah, You might have severed a direct connection to the Mariner uh, in that conflict. But like, you know, you have recently touched the butcher's knife and you recently fought the Mariner in some capacity. So it's hard to say what that actually means.
2: Okay. So it's, it's less of a, oh shit. And it's more of like a, well, this is a little kind of business as usual. What do you expect? Mm. you you grapple with with cosmic forces
3: weekly. It may be an Not old echo rather before. than a new scar, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get
1: some sleep. Mm-hmm. Get some disease.
2: Get some food.
3: Get some sleep. After uh, the two of them leave the room and Arma uh, starts to busy himself with a degree of tidying the books away. And then after is sure that he's unlikely to be disturbed, tips the water out of the bowl, refills it and hovers a finger over the bowl. he thinks about the kind of various luminaries that he has been in contact with recently but also he feels himself quietly to be a special case
0: okay so this is the card that I drew earlier and Mm -hmm. it was it's a luminary that like technically I haven't assigned because it was a prototype luminary that, Mm -hmm. that Keith was like kicking around that didn't really fit into the setting so it's been a stand-in for others in a previous drawing Mm. i did refer to it as uh the luminary that would have represented the sovereign however like there is also the possibility that that represents the blank space that the absence of the sovereign represents in in the, the, Mm. the tapestry of the world so i kind of like the idea this card wants to come out, as it has now been drawn twice hmm. in the last couple minutes. What if it is a blank card?
3: And the captain stares at the. I, I think. I think the amount of like the effect is very slight. It's not. It's uh If you if you stared at it, you realized it was not a perfect circle. This droplet of blood in the middle of it. Oh. You just yeah. kind of just feel it's only a hint. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's it, just, it, it gravitates towards an empty space uh, where, where the ring of cards was not quite exact or perfect. Mm. Which you could have sworn when you arranged them that
3: it was. Hmm. The captain sighs and resumes tidying. And I guess we move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's move to morning. I think, like, there are a couple things that you'll probably want to check up on. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that there is a reference desk, like, representative within the town. Um, mm-hmm. There is a meeting that Truss has requested with Oromar. Um, I don't know that we specified a time and a
3: place for that meeting, so we can... No, They may they may send an errand... An errand boy along to to kind of uh, they I say an errand boy. It will be Mister Stone most likely. <laughs> he will be sent to go.
0: <laughs> and we also know that uh, the Huru has on order some measure of like clothing and whatnot. That 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 clothing and
3: new paint. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you'll probably want that before you start doing your dark deeds. But yeah, like it's morning, and 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 I guess finally like. There is somewhere out there the cleaver being held by a person that it can control. And what its agenda is, is unclear.
3: Is this a morning meeting situation? Is this a 10 a.m. stand up? <laughs>
1: if you wanted to be, we can all be near Angelo to sort of like, let's collaboratively talk to this person and explain appropriately mm. what happened to him and over- over Angelo, we're having our, our daily stand-up.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's more because you, you mentioned that you want to kind of to notify the, the crew, rest yeah. of the crew if we want oh, okay. to go and involve everybody else. Uh, but I do like the idea of speaking to Angelo specifically because he he knows the people of of End better than we do. Mm-hmm. So if there is anybody who's been harboring ill will in a rancid way for an extended period of time, he might know. Um, and but, maybe we yeah, can talk to I, Angelo
1: I, later. I like the idea of the, the stand-up. First,
3: mm. yeah, let's speak to the crew over breakfast then. Yeah, we've we we, we, we've we've had meetings before, and I guess it feels like it's in one of those like really long dining halls with a long wooden table and all the crew is all two hundred and Dumpty Dom, <laughs>
0: <laughs> two hundred and Dumpty <laughs> Dom. I then, think. Uh, there is a ringing of the heart bell that lets mm. people know that the meeting takes place. I, I feel like the meetings have either taken place on the top deck or probably in the heart of the ship around the heart bell. Um, okay, it really sure. depends on conditions and whatnot.
3: It feels like it'd be hot, Bell. We don't want, like, random stragglers to be looking... Looky looing over where we've parked, and be like, "Oh, there's a lot of people on the deck today. What have you got going <laughs> on?" So we can, we can have it below deck. That makes yeah,
0: sense. Yeah, and theoretically, like you're you're parked at least far enough away from the town that you shouldn't get those looky loos. Like you were you were trying to keep a mm-hmm. low profile because you didn't know what the situation would be like or how recognizable the ship, the Uhuru, would be to uh, the
3: world at large. Are all three of us like standing around in front of the hot bell waiting for everybody to arrive? Is that how we're we're set up? Probably, yeah.
0: And it's probably Mm -hmm. a a big scramble. It's like meetings like this don't happen all the time. Like there is a day crew and a night crew and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. everybody that can makes an effort to get to the meeting as quickly as possible. And like there's a trust for the people who cannot leave their posts for whatever reason that. The information will be carried to them mm-hmm.
2: as people like walk into the room. There is a side table with Toku has like a pop up at station, like hot plate, and he's kind of got like blueberry crepes Ooh. Uh, for folks that <laughs> that, which is which is like a nice delicacy. But it's also like we people know it's like if you get the crepes, where we, there's some news. <laughs> so mm. it's like uh, a serious, music. yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh, the captain stands in in standard garb not in disguised garb I think the crew's generally aware that he's kind of acting as uh, Julian Larbalest when he's when he's off the ship so the fact that he's here as Oromar today is of note members of the Uhuru I hope you've all rested well and uh, thank you for your patience while we have been settling ourselves amongst a new and interesting community of sorrows End. I'm bringing you this meeting today uh, to bring to your attention a potential he opens his mouth to say calamity and swallows it (sighs) clash of ideals within the community that can ripple on to our matters as we move uh, to meet the red feathers on our next job
0: uh there's it, some like mumbling and, and rumbling amongst the crew like kind of curious as to what you could be referring to
3: mm-hmm. in our uh, fact finding and ingratiating ourselves amongst the community uh we have found uh that the there is a luminary presence uh that has uh latched on to how the town operates we have the butcher in our midst
0: i think the the mumbling in the crew like kind of darkens and mm-hmm. you know there are various superstitions that people have tied to guiding or protecting oneself against various luminaries so there are a couple of people who like when the name is mentioned and whatnot quickly uh turn to their superstitious practice uh to you know keep themselves safe i'm, I'm just curious what might be one of these practices do we think
3: specifically against the butcher
0: it could be specifically against the butcher or like bad lumens in in general mm. too
3: because I, I i like the i like the idea of you know, there there are p- people have dietary uh circumstances for a wide variety of reasons in the world. But I, I I like the idea that there are some people who genuinely go vegetarian or vegan as a way to kind of like keep the butcher Ooh. metaphorically out of it their helps. lives. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that's good. Are we looking for more?
0: Yeah, why not? Awesome um,
2: out. I feel like there's maybe a, a a parallel superstition where it's like when you suspect the butcher to be in presence like be around it's like sharp objects should be on display to make sure that no one's like hiding any like malintent mm. so i think there's it's like if you suspect the butcher you take your knife and you like you jab it into like the closest wooden subs- so it's like there's no the, there's my yeah. there's my knife it's on mm-hmm. it's there not with me <laughs>
0: I yeah, like I think I think there is like a measure of doing that. I also feel like part of the superstition is you're supposed to keep your blade clean. Like if you've been mm. using it as a tool or whatever, you especially don't want any blood or anything on it. So like everybody very quickly like takes out their knives, takes out a cloth and whatnot. And like I think going over to I, the the mast of a ship must descend beneath the top deck. This is me revealing how little I know of the anatomy of ships, but like <laughs> it's so tall, like it has. To. They mm-hmm. they go over to the main mast and just put like their knives in the mast while mm-hmm. this conversation is going on.
1: I think there's also a very small gesture that's sort of like a replacement for a sign of the cross or when people say bless you, like people will make a small like sewing gesture on their skin. It's like, oh, I'm stitching up holes mm-hmm. or, or wounds <laughs> that are just mm-hmm. like. It's more of a nervous gesture. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So there is a bunch
0: of fidgeting and and movement uh, that that the Uhuru pirates are doing to defend themselves against the butcher. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: To give you the two most pertinent facts, and then I will open the floor to uh, the other members of the captain's quarters for their opinions on how to proceed, and then open up to the general floor for if there are any questions from the crew of the Uhuru. Oromar kind of established that we're going to be talking about the current facts that we know, our personal feelings on where we're going to be going with this, and then opening it to the floor for any questions from the crew. The people of Sorrow's End are here desperately interred by a Red Feather initiative to produce the dye that uh, they adorn all of their products and clothing with. The basics of this have already been explained, I'm sure, but the resentment, I'm sure, is obvious that's brewing among the people alongside what they're brewing in the vats of the factories. The Butcher driven to violence and killing intent, very very may well latch on to such harbored resentful feelings, and we fear that that may become a fever pitch in the coming days. The method of which will be a cleaver that some of you may even have seen earlier. It is currently loose within the settlement and can easily fall into the hands of those it deems as a willing or a suitable vessel for violence this be this may be a member of the town this may be a red feather this may be one of us ultimately our aim is to secure it and make sure it can't cause harm where sorrow would befall its wake all that to
2: say everybody be on the lookout for folks that seem mad, perturbed, <laughs> slightly heated, steam coming out of their ears. Uh, if if it is if it is a source of anger, a frustration that could be where the butcher
1: takes uh, takes his next swing. All right, that is a the short term, immediate issue that. Involves all of us and our immediate concerns and our immediate safety. Otherwise, in what we have learned about this town and some basic projections of the future, Sorrow's End is on track for calamity. That seems irrefutable. So without offering up the services of the entire Uhuru, there's a situation in which our involvement with the butcher could also impact the stability and the safety of the town. Our methods of attacking or dealing with the immediate issue could also expand to dealing with the greater issue of the entire situation, the indentured servitude, the illness That's a much greater proposition. And if that's not something we were interested, I would say let's pop out. But just wanted to put that out there. Put it out there.
0: Uh, Jane kind of like stands up. Uh, I just want to get this right. So we landed here Mm -hmm. at this random town (laughs) and the butcher just happened to be waiting, lying in wait here
3: it is a a factor under which they operate in Sorrow's End. Uh, The dye that they use to make the red feather colors is toxic, and uh, the methods under which the uh, people of Sorrow's End have been poisoned by this dye, a cure, or at least a way to ease the suffering of it, is to give up some of their own flesh for a solace and temporary salvation, which Feeds the but the butcher heavily under this circumstance.
0: Okay, okay. So the butcher was just here, and we happened to land in another place with a strong luminary presence.
1: It's weird that how often it happens. Yeah. I'll give that to you.
0: Uh-huh. That's that's where I am with a big part of this most of the places that we have left recently have had some luminous calamity befall them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i everybody i speak for myself but i feel like we do good work every place that we go and big problems happen to be showing up in front of us um i guess that's all i have to say right now Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot to take in. Well observed,
1: yes. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We everyone everyone on this ship is is given a hundred and ten percent and and it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh it just seems like we we keep getting hit with with new wrinkles and and new luminaries that just keep popping up and saying what's up to to you know, uh just muck up our our, our stuff. Um but hmm. that doesn't mean that we we quit. We don't quit. Alright? We, we we double back in. <laughs> we we take we, we stick it to the luminaries. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 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 then we get out of Dodge and we go to the next place. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think now is a good time to segue to our own personal feelings within the council about ways to proceed. Even though we landed here not knowing the situation of Sorrow's End, I cannot in good conscience uh, let the Red Feathers exploit yet another community and leave them bleeding and dry while they uh, prance around in a fancy color that they have copyrighted. If we are leaving here, I would like to ensure that whatever the Red Feathers have established here is dismantled and that the people of Sorrow's End have the power to go and live the life that they deserve this is a difficult thing to request after all historically there are precious few revolutions that are bloodless and a bloody revolution is exactly what the butcher would be thriving on ultimately if anybody is to be placed with the cleaver i should hope it would be someone there's a pause. And it's not a proud expression that Oromar has, it's more solemn than that. As someone like myself, where I feel I have the means to make sure it cannot harm anyone else in the short term.
0: Wait, you want to bring that onto
1: the ship? Funny story. <laughs>
3: Auruman does not answer that question actually, quite pointedly. I would rather it be in my hands than in the hands of a red feather fueled to do worse atrocities than what they've already done.
0: Uh, Captain, I have to protest. I don't want that anywhere near me.
3: I understand.
0: I don't think you do, with what I have been through. And what the past feels like weeks, but but it's been <laughs> it's been a goddamn year. With what I've lost, with how I've suffered, something like that around me. And it's not even just that. I have been keeping it pretty cool, I think, around a lot of you. But this arm of mine, this arm of mine is capable of some things. If I were to hold the knife of the butcher. None of you would be able to stop me.
3: As Captain, it is my vow that if you should take the knife of the butcher, I will place every effort within my power. I will push myself to the limit to stop you.
0: Oh, well, that's real comforting, Captain. That's real comforting.
3: Unfortunately, uh, we are not in a circumstance for comfort. We are in a circumstance for realities.
0: How about we don't take the knife of the butcher
1: onto the ship? How about that one? Gable like- Wow, well, are, are really, really good. And, uh, oh man, so, oh yeah, man, yeah, such, yeah, a, right. such a light. <laughs> cooler heads, cooler heads. Let's let them prevail, cooler heads. I- oh no, yeah, yeah, no, cooler heads should prevail. I'm supposed
0: to be watching my temper after all because that's a butcher risk, right?
1: Well, maybe we should listen to me. Yeah, but I I I see your point, and you are correct. If possible, I personally believe that the best method of dealing with our collective issues find the butcher and his knife by allowing it to present itself in whomever the target may be. Keep a close eye through a whisper network that is also simultaneously walking amongst the population, attempting to, you know, revolutionize, find weaknesses, dec- deconstruct the factory itself. When the butcher presents itself at its big violent event, hopefully we know enough to be able to stop it before it happens, and then, through science or magic, destroy the cleaver. That sounds easy. That that sounds difficult, but it could be easy.
0: Mm. Okay, Wendell, let's have a seat, because we're exploring other options here. Um, Personally, I am in favor of, of helping people where we can. I... I know that I and many of the others aboard this crew were in to face the mariner himself when Nordia was under threat. That is, after all, part of what the Uhuru does. And especially as the red feathers have caused most of the suffering here, I feel it is well within our right and duty to intervene. I must admit, the idea of Having to do that as bloodlessly as possible, at least we incur the influence of the butcher, feels challenging. If this was a simple matter of taking our well-armed and battle-hardened and organized crew and arming and leading the no doubt overwhelming population here against the smaller population of guards— I believe we would be successful. But it would be a matter of cutting down the red feathers. It would be quite
3: bloody. Indeed. That is to say, I am not so arrogant as to suggest that the way that I would personally choose to proceed is the only way that we shall. I open it to both the rest of the council and the floor for alternate suggestions on methodology of freeing the People of Sorrow's End do realize that uh, we do actually have an opportunity here. Being in Sorrow's End gives us access to supplies that give us validity once we reach our final target of the ball and the election. However, if there is a member within the red feathers of Sorrow's End who is able to get ahead of us and notify others of our coming, our plans are dashed.
1: Sky Jacks.
0: We once again return to the long line of prospective pirates for the Skyship Uhuru. We see one person kind of waddle hop off of the line and sort of bend at the waist to place a stack of uh, headshots and resumes uh, on the table in front of the audition committee. And they go and like being... Only just over five feet, kind of like hop on top of the stool so that they can like roughly look most of the very tall people sitting on the other side of the table uh, in the eyes and go
1: hello, hello.
0: Um, welcome. Uh, What's up? How you are, are you? For, uh,
3: <laughs> 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 well, enthusiasm, all like that. Uh, uh, yes, I'm pleasant, thank you. And yourself, Mister. Uh... Oh wow! Come okay, again. come again. Very excited. All right. Uh, at, at, at glancing at the at the resume, um, uh, how should we adjust you, Mr. Excited?
1: Paris. 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 Paris.
3: All right. Paris
1: Skeeter. Paris, Paris Skeeters. Paris Skeeter.
2: Paris
1: Skeeter. OK. Um, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> now, uh huh.
3: OK. Now, not that we necessarily ask everybody uh, this. Is, is this a, a kind of like a nominative determinism? Uh, going on with his. So <laughs> that's a, is there, is there, a great is way some, to
1: put it? Yeah. Call is, me. Is call a, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Right. Well, well, call uh, me. Call uh, Mr. Skeeter, uh, what, what kind of skills are you looking to uh, offer the Uhuru uh, with your
1: application? I'm a good boy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to turn to the rest of the group. We have an opportunity here. Um, <laughs> listen, we have a bit of a Schrodinger's birds happening uh-huh. un- underneath this coat, I'm going to wager that there are two birds. I was going to say at least 12. A person, yes. Right, but right. if we never open the coat, <laughs> do the birds exist?
2: <laughs> well, my my pitch would be, we open the coat immediately. If it's a lot of birds, they all fly around. Then yeah. the meeting is over. We go to the next person. Okay, great. That's my pitch. All right. All
1: right. <gasps> okay. It-
3: yeah. Uh I guess I'm I'm, con- I'm concerned about it, you know, causing a scene. There's kind of a lot of people on okay. the queue yes. and all the that. Mess. But it would be funny. So <laughs> hmm, Extremely it could fun. be funny. funny. Extremely funny. You know what? Funny. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Funny. yeah. It's yeah. It's but then, no, now oh, okay, okay. Are we are we going to draw lots for who's going to open? <laughs> John, so, it lunges fun. at the bird. <laughs>
2: Johnny climbs oh, great. up on the desk and then just like t- 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 rockets at the bird, <laughs> straight for the coat.
0: Yeah, you pull the coat open and it is a a griffin parakeet that just stands at five mm. feet tall. Oh, uh, but it is a beautiful, oh, just one. Just one. Uh, pretty bird. Yeah, just just the one. Mm. I
1: was incorrect. Ah!
2: That that is. That is so fair and very acceptable.
0: How are you?
2: <laughs> I, I I feel like I have egg on my face. Here is your coat. It is yours. This We almost never do this. No. But after, there are some instances uh, in these interviews in which we uh, are out of pocket. And in those cases, <laughs> we give you the opportunity after experiencing what you just did. So sorry, again, you get to choose. You get immunity. You can just get on the ship if you want to. After what just happened, if you still want okay. to be on the ship, you get three months on the ship. That's our policy. We goofed.
3: It, yeah, it's in it's in the it's in the application contract. Uh, so, uh, are you looking to be uh, working with our Griffins then?
1: <laughs> column A, Column B. <laughs>
0: oh God.
1: Okay, All right. This is going to be challenging because now we we don't know what the bird has heard to be able to speak back to us Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm just gonna read a i'm gonna flip a dictionary at you so you can (laughs) see a lot of different words and then maybe communicate clearer at us is this working for you
2: gable gable slow down
1: discombobulate okay where what job do you want what job do you want Good boy. Good boy. Alright. So you want to be someone's pet?
3: Oh, we can get you. We can get you. Call me,
1: call him B. <laughs> uh, uh,
3: I, it feels like the uh the good boy position on the ship has probably already been taken. There might already be uh some friction about our current good boy being replaced. So mm-hmm. maybe it's uh, more of an acclimatization thing. Do you want to get one of your griffins up here? I mean get we 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 have it. a position for for, for best, boy, and key oh.
1: grip is free as well. <laughs> <laughs> this bird does not have hands. It cannot be a key grip. It cannot be a grip of anything. I, I feel like it could use its little beak.
2: I no. don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is not a. Union. Are you
2: union bird?
1: <laughs>
3: well, are you union? We we do have to check
1: <laughs>
3: because
2: we uh, are not
1: <laughs> union strong.
3: <laughs> we are
1: we are anti-union.
3: <laughs> Let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> I am
1: G- Gable is canonically anti-union for no reason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I, it's one of those things where the the bird kind of like narrows its eye uh mm. and then looks directly into the camera and says, I'm a different bird. The the camera like kind of zooms in Looney yeah. Tune style, the bird <laughs> winks and the scene is done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, so are we gonna see that bird again? Impossible to know.
0: Impossible <laughs> oh, call A, call him B. him <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> A, call <column> him B. <laughs> column a, column B. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a One Shot Network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonat Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at Twitch.tv TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at dreams to become or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight.
1: You've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest
3: we're leaving behind who know we can never deny The call of the sky